Hello, this is Rodney Wittenberg. And this is David Heitler-Clevens. And welcome to Music for the New Revolution. Everybody pays attention. Senseless. All right, we are on episode three of our gun theme. That's right, and uh, it's a very solemn week, a week after another mass shooting in America. And actually, it doesn't even matter when you listen to this because that phrase that you just said, Rodney, will be true no matter when you hear this, unfortunately, because it has become the new normal. That was a song we played in one of our earlier episodes, yeah. that Stuart Stott song. But but it's it's incredibly infuriating to so many of us that nothing has been happening. Nothing yeah. has been done. Nothing's changed. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 beyond words yeah I, I i i i you know when i woke up sunday morning and heard about both of the shootings the one in texas and the one in detroit um and then you know we at the church that i go to um we talked about it our our pastor our reverend talked about just what do we do now where where when is enough enough and when can we um, actually join the rest of the Western world in not having uh, mass shootings. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of us would say enough is years ago. Uh, you know. Enough, yeah. yes. Yeah, uh, that we're, we're way beyond enough. And I actually think that this is, the gun issue is a great example, and we may have said, talked about this before mm. because I know I say this a lot, but uh, <laughs> of, of the failure of our democracy right now. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when you have like 80% of the population yeah. wants certain things to happen, certain basic reasonable restrictions on guns, it should happen mm -hmm. if we had a real working democracy. Yeah. You know, the reasons that it doesn't is because of the things that interfere with the will of the people actually have an effect on their elected representatives. Yes. They're, they're protected by gerrymandering. They're protected by money, money. you know, and these things just corrupt our, our yeah. system so that what people want overwhelmingly mm -hmm. is, is not happening. Yeah. yeah. And, and this idea that if we regulate in some way, we're taking away the right that is guaranteed by the, Bill of Rights in the Constitution, which makes no sense to me because we regulate everything. I mean, in a yeah. free society, to be truly free, there has to be a social contract between all of us. It's not freedom like, I can do whatever I want, you can do whatever you want, as long as we don't like cross paths, everything's okay. Mm -hmm. That's not freedom. That's kind of anarchy and i was about to say anarchy <laughs> <laughs> it's not freedom and yeah. so many people i mean for a, a society to be free it requires a contract between all of us and given that we're all so incredibly different that contract has to sort of be the median like somewhere in the middle so yeah we can have lots of guns 
but we want to regulate them. Yeah, and that's even what the Second Amendment says, yeah. right? It has it, the phrase "well-regulated" regulated. right in there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so well, that's the part people tend to like to, you know, if they're NRA people, they tend to like to ignore that yeah. uh, phrase in there. Well, again, you without going down a a, a, a subject matter for another fi- another show. <laughs> But that that scene in uh, Bowling for Columbine, which I think I talked about in the other other uh, gun show, the little animation that explains the history of uh, guns in America, the NRA and the Klan started the same year, and it's pretty interesting and um, how the two are connected, mm-hmm. um, and how they're all related to fear. Yeah. Well, it's also, I don't think we did get into this before, mm-hmm. but the, mm-hmm. the whole thing of the bizarreness of the NRA's reaction to the Black Panther, uh, you know, party. And, and so, you know, suddenly mm-hmm. the NRA was for certain uh, <laughs> gun restrictions they'd been against before. I mean, there's plenty of things they used to be for that now they're against mm-hmm. because I think that all they are interested in is the profits of the gun manufacturers. Right. It really doesn't have anything to do with rights at all. Mm-hmm. But you know with the the uh when when the black panther party was was touting the right of african americans to uh-huh. have weapons they suddenly changed their tune and were like oh no not not, not those people yeah. Yeah, we we support the right to bear arms but not not actually black people oh, you we, know? yes we don't want black bear arms yes, yes. <laughs> exactly all right or well since bears. this is music for the new revolution i think maybe we'll we'll interrupt our conversation that which we we rodney and i could always go on forever with but we'll, we'll get to some some music so we're going to start with a song by uh the usually much more folky judy collins but this uh-huh. is from uh an album in the 80s called Uh-oh. home again and uh, oh, you were about to say no, just yeah, yeah. just you said eighties yeah. and folk music, and yes. those two things don't usually go together. So it's well, going to be very. I was pretty big into folk music in the eighties, as I have been for most of my life, and so uh, yeah, this is from nineteen eighty four, and it's a song called "Shoot First. and I think it's a very powerful song, very much coming from the perspective of a child, and uh, it also makes interesting use of a traditional anti war Irish song called "Minstrel Boy" that's shown up in in various song so here we go Oh, dear. 
So that was Judy Collins with Shoot First. And uh, not exactly what many uh, people who remember her folky stuff from the 60s would associate with her in terms of production, right? No, not at all, but <laughs> it's clearly 1984. Yes, And yes. I was just trying to find out who was some of the people involved with it, but uh, and her, uh, the president of uh, Electra at the time, uh, you know, uh, put that suggested that she record with uh, Jerry Goffin, and um, that's where the title track from the song the uh-huh. album comes from uh-huh. again. Cool. But uh, it, not a lot of information about this particular song. Uh-huh. But I love the uh, Simmons electronic drums for the gunshots. Uh huh. Yeah. Pretty, that's but I really like the song itself. I mean, I think it gets into a lot of, of different connections mm-hmm. with gun violence. You know, there's there's the whole refrain of just like on the TV. And, you know, the mm-hmm. the Republicans these days are trying to blame gun <laughs> violence on video games. So I guess it kind of ties in with that a little bit, except that, mm-hmm. you know, there is a way in which, especially with kids, mm-hmm. uh, we have a culture of violence and a culture that glorifies guns. But mm-hmm. I also think it's interesting that it sort of makes the connection to uh, war and the kid yeah. saying that they want to grow up to be a green beret and mm-hmm. and you know there, there's a lot of different oh, we things are, touched on. We, we are a, a, a country founded on our obsession with watching and experiencing violence as a consumer. It's the weirdest thing, but you mm-hmm. know when you think back to um, how uh, the the hangings on Sunday in the western towns were right after church. You know, yeah, and, that's very uh, freaky. <laughs> And the whole community would come with their picnic baskets and mm-hmm. go, all right, who are the bad people who are getting hung after we've just been to church and had our our lunch? All right, good, that's done. All right, let's go to home. <laughs> it's kind of a strange thing. And, you know, I've often said, too, people will talk about the violence on TV, but I said, would always say, there's much more violence when you go outside if you live in poverty because I believe that poverty is a form of violence and mm-hmm. um and so uh you actually don't need to see it on TV cuz it's right there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um and and you know a kid watching it on TV or looking out his window what's what's more impactful the TV or the or the real world. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, yeah. I'll come down off my high horse and we can play the next song. What yeah, well, actually it leads well to the, we were going to play uh uh, the uh, local Philadelphia group Kicking Down Doors yeah. that do some great rootsy, uh-huh. soulful Americana mm-hmm. music here. And they have a really good song called Bang Bang. Mm. Cock the hammer and your brain shuts down. Cock the hammer and your thoughts rebound. Cock the hammer Cock the hammer and you're halfway there Pull the trigger and you can't pull back Pull the trigger and the earth reacts Pull the trigger and the air explodes Pull the trigger and there it goes Cock the hammer and your brain shuts down Cock the hammer and your thoughts rebound Cock the hammer
just hanging there. There's a hollow heart. and rolling like an article of clothing. Speed and rolling like an article of clothing. Speed and rolling plays a dead man's game. Dying man takes a final Just a tool, like a wrench or hammer, like a wrench or hammer, would kind of work for the man, would kind of work, is this? Consume us one. 
one gets burned Another wall of innocence Another tolling bell Another childless mother Takes her turn in hell Another brother's sister And another father's son Another heart stops beating At the wrong end of a gun Oh Another breaking news flash Another day in fear Another day to bow before The freedoms we hold dear Another town is bleeding Another bleak amen Another day we all forget Until it comes again Powerful song mm-hmm. from Carolyn Sobello, uh, and that was actually a demo. So one of the things that we're lucky enough to do, uh, Rodney and I, is you know sometimes musicians will send us mm-hmm. things before they've really released them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carolyn is somebody that I've con- uh, been in contact with through the through NERFA, the mm-hmm. Northeast Regional Folk Alliance, at which we've hosted showcases yes. for this uh-huh. podcast. And uh, so it's kind of cool to sometimes be able to play something that I mean, she may have released it since she sent me that demo in a more, uh, you know, uh, commercial way. But, but uh, anyway, sneak preview. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, up next we have our interview segment, and uh, this is an excerpt of an interview that David and I did with Pete and Kathleen Higgins, and they are at the forefront of what's going on in uh, the anti-gun violence movement. Uh, you can hear our, the full-length version if you are a Patreon subscriber um, of the interview. It's pretty interesting and powerful, but this is a little segment. And it's uh, uh, with all the uh, negative news going on, we it's a great joy that we can bring you some positive news on the anti-gun violence front that Kathleen and Pete are going to tell you about right now. The The energy that I have now to be able to go to the vigils and and do the things that we do to try to help with this, that energy is I'm being pulled, not pushed, by the idea that compassion, people of goodwill binding together, there is a shining power. What I would say to people is stop for a second when you consider gun violence prevention and say not necessarily what happened in the past, 
or what might be happening today. Think instead about the future and about the future of all the children growing up right now who might possibly become perpetrators. How can we help them? And of course, all the children growing up right now that we don't want to have to have memories like like we have now. Think about how you want to vote, how you want to show up, what matters most, and find common cause. When I focused on this, I said, okay, what can we do at the state level? Because obviously nothing's going to happen at the national level. So where does our state stand on this? We come from Delaware. And in Delaware, they've been trying to get background checks passed for at least the last 20 years, the universal background checks where private sales also require a background check. We had introduced another bill at that time, and there was testimony for it. And the day after uh, the background check bill got denied nationally, we were able to get it passed in Delaware because we reasoned this was about protection of Delawareans and that if it wasn't going to happen on a national level, it needed to happen at our level, and that private gun sales were actually putting guns into the hands of people who had the ability of then turning it over into the black market, and that was killing kids in Wilmington. And over the course of a year, as many kids would get killed in Wilmington as got killed in Sandy Hook. So it was just a matter of timing, but the families that were being involved, it was the same number of families, basically, and the tragedy was right here in home, and we needed to do something about that. For me, right after Sandy Hook, Move On had broadcast opportunities for people to get together, just at other people's homes. And there was a couple up in um, Wayne, Pennsylvania, who had opened their house and said, you know, we'll have some, we can, we can have a meeting and get together. There were probably 15 other people and during the course of this, we, we talked about things, and then we got up and kind of declared, okay, if we're going to take any kind of action, what is our skill and area of focus? And as an engineer, I found myself in a matter of curiosity is, how did we get to where we are nationally that we can't even get a background check passed, you know, in, in face of this kind of a tragedy? And I wasn't so interested in starting anything as I was in answering that question. I went home and I did a lot of research and basically discovered, as I, as I mentioned, that we hadn't been paying attention for the last 30 years. Behind the scenes, gun regulations had been talked about, but I hadn't been paying any attention to them. And it had, it had basically all fallen by default that the gun lobby was pretty much dictating what got passed and what didn't get passed. And they've really created this big distraction for us. So with all of that, I started looking a little bit differently at some of the legislation that we were trying to get passed and seeing what else we could bring to bear. And the key thing was that we were trying to pass some legislation that uh, if you have a gun and it's lost or stolen, that you have to report it to law enforcement. And I knew that the NRA was offering insurance for gun owners to insure their property. But they always said, we'll never ask you any information about your guns. We won't keep any records like that. So I got to thinking, how could you collect a claim if they don't have any record of what it is that you're claiming? I mean, that would sound pretty odd. Uh, so I did some online searching, and I actually came up with the claim reports. And it asked for the make and the model number and the barrel length and the serial number and, and all this great information. At the bottom, it says, and unless you can supply all this information, your claim isn't going to be, you know, you're not going to get a positive response. 
So I took all of that information, and when we were doing lost or stolen uh, testimony, I testified at that time, and I said, we're not asking for anything more than the NRA already asked for in their insurance claim. And one of the first things that they ask also is, what's the re report number, the police report number that you, you know, that you gave when you reported this thing? Now, the people that were in opposition were all up in arms about that, and so and I just held up the the paper says, this is it. I was, I'm, you know, this, this is what the claim form is. And at that point, the uh, chair of the committee asked one of the legislative aides to get that information. So they took that from me at the time. And I got a call from the uh, attorney general's office uh, asking if I would be more seriously involved in some of this because of the, the research that I had produced. Uh, we did get the lost and stolen gun bill passed, by the way, and you do have to report it if it's, if it's missing now. That only makes sense. That was how I ended up getting involved with sort of the inner side of this, of the people who are really doing things. The other aspect of that is I had to keep asking myself, how can we make an effect? Because there's more of us who are really interested in gun violence prevention than there is in the members of the gun lobby. So I would get involved with the Wilmington Peacekeepers. I got involved with the Unitarian Church in uh, Wilmington. I got involved with other local organizations. Because I was involved that way, it gave me some insight, and I started getting involved with the national organizations, not to join with them, but to understand what they were doing and to see how what, everything could coalesce. And that's how I ended up with, with State United. I'm now on the board of directors for State United to Prevent Gun Violence, and that's an affiliation of 32 different state organizations, such as our Delaware Coalition, such as Ceasefire Pennsylvania, and, and others. And we compare notes. So uh, if we're doing something that's exciting, we can replicate it elsewhere. And if we're doing something that's not working, we can learn from it and not repeat it. So uh, that's kind of how I got from where we were to where I am. <laughs> It's no easier to swallow the thousandth time The front page becomes a graveyard And some don't bat an eye It happens enough to call it commonplace And there are many who don't seem to mind So raise your voice for the ones who can't anymore there's something here to fight for raise your voice for the ones who can't anymore no we can't keep standing still cause look what good that's done no, we can't keep waiting round and praying for something different If now is not the time to make a change, then when is it? plays on the TV and in the back of your mind 
as he sip your morning coffee and begin to realize if nobody's willing to make a change people are just gonna keep on losing their lives so raise your voice for the ones who can't anymore there's something here to fight for raise your voice for the ones who can't anymore no we can't keep standing still cuz look what good that's done no we can't keep waiting round and praying for something different if now is not the time to make a change then when is it no we can't keep waiting round and praying for something different if now is not the time to make a change then when is it raise your voice for the ones who can now raise your voice for the ones who can now raise your voice for the ones who can now raise your voice for the ones no we can't keep standing Yeah, so after that uh, excerpt of the interview with uh, Pete and Kathleen, what we heard was uh, Madison Yearsley, who is all or was all of 16 years old when she wrote that song and recorded it for this incredibly inspiring CD, which I was so excited to see. It's called Raise Your Voice, The Sound of Student Protest. And it grew out of the students from Parkland, Florida, uh, who are uh, there is a song from from them at the uh, uh, that we'll hear at the end of this podcast, but uh, it's all songs written by kids, generally like fifteen to eighteen years old, and they perform them, and they're really good songs, and they perform them so well. I mean, I'm just you know, there's so much depressing about this subject, but this part of it, you know, the the part about how kids have responded, and it makes sense. I mean, this is threatening their lives. This is taking their classmates. These are these are kids who are a lot of them on the CD are survivors of school shootings, and but they are they're just 
they're really doing it right, I think. And and when I think of the kids from Parkland and I think of the kids from some of these other places, I mean, they sometimes when I'm feeling down and hopeless about these issues, I think these these kids are going to take over. Yeah, they're going to they're going to do something with this. Yes. <laughs> they, they are doing they something are with doing it. something with yeah. it. I mean, they've caused more emotion and uh, things to happen than um, we adults have been able to do over the you know the past 20 or 30 years. Um, and they're writing better songs. <laughs> and and it makes sense that their voices are powerful because mm-hmm. you know it is they're not speaking for somebody else right. you know they're they're talking about their own experience and mm-hmm. you know I, I i think you have to be pretty uh heartless to not like be willing to hear what a kid has yeah. to say about mm-hmm. how they feel like their life is threatened right just going to school or going to a movie theater or mm-hmm. going to you know a, a festival or yeah. whatever you know that, that yeah, yeah. And so many of us feel that way, but I, I think, you know, kids have really been mm-hmm. expressing that so eloquently yes. and passionately, and it's it's very mm-hmm. powerful. So we want to sample a few things from this this CD during this yeah. episode, and um, we actually played a couple of these before when, once again, they hadn't actually been released. Mm-hmm. So this next one is this short song uh, by a guy named Tyler Jenkins, which we did include. Yeah. Um, I had gotten this from a... Um, youtube video where we just yeah. sampled the audio mm-hmm. but it was like he was performing it outside there was wind noise yeah. in the microphone <laughs> and everything like that and it's a really good song yeah. and it's, it's from an interesting perspective too because he wrote it from the perspective of somebody who's already dead mm. from a school mm-hmm. shooting so this is uh tyler jenkins with save me mm. Sixteen, when the man came down to pull it With big dreams in my heart I got shot down by a bullet And I tried I tried to run away But where do you go If the world that you know is unsafe And I'm gone So please remember me You can take all you want But you'll never take my memory And I'm gone So please remember me Even after I'm gone You can still be the one who saves me Even after I'm gone, you can still be the one who saves me That was Tyler Jenkins, who was 18 when he wrote and recorded that song, or at least when he recorded it, uh, from New Haven, Connecticut. And there's one kind of cool thing in the liner notes about him saying that uh, he was going to sing at something after the Parkland shooting and didn't feel like he had a song that was appropriate, so he wrote one. And that's where that song came from, you know. And I think that's often the case with a lot of uh, political and 
you know, social issue related music that people have something to say and, you know, they look around and they don't see a song that's just right for what they want. And so they have to write it. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And it's so inspiring to hear that from young people. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Mm. So, so you, you know, Rodney and I like to include things that are from very different genres. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one of the things that, that we have in common that we don't have in common with a lot of other people is that we're both into some experimental music and, uh, you know, 20th century composition, 21st century composition now. Um, I think yeah. we both are composition majors in yeah, college. Yeah, yeah, so, so that's <laughs> part of it. <laughs> Those weird people on the fringes of the music school. <laughs> so actually, this uh, this next piece is by somebody that I know from when I was a composition major at Oberlin Conservatory, and uh, the composer is Tom Lopez. I believe he's now actually a, a professor at, at Oberlin. And <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> So he sent me this piece, this very short piece and very interesting, called America Will Shoot Itself. And first, he just sent me the piece, and I kind of wanted to know a little bit more of how the title connected to the music. So I asked him if he could tell me a little bit more about it. So he sent me this uh, this quote, and I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, I made the piece after reading about yet another senseless mass shooting. I did not intend the music to sound like anything in particular, but I wanted it to be evocative. I worked with sounds that had, to my ears, a metallic quality like casings. I was hoping for something that would have a timelessness about it, something that would not necessarily bring anything specific or contemporaneous to mind, because I didn't want the piece stuck to a particular date or event, perhaps like a dream, though more like a vision of the future. It was a predictive and lamentful foreshadowing of the nonstop, self-inflicted violence perpetuated by Americans. So here is America Will Shoot Itself by Tom Lopez. Situation. 
It's like you need to have still just to feel relaxation. Tons of guns. The other day they shot him 16 times, so there he lay. You can pray for this to like cease, but until then, is gonna pack a piece. And yo, the devil's got assassination squads. Wanna kill this cause they're scared of God. They got camps where they train, they learn to take aim at a like a piece of game. And I'm not seeing that, them days are gone. Cause now we got crumbs to put them where they belong. See me a rude boy from an inner Brooklyn. Pain and suffering, I'm coming off with a foolproof plan. As if each and every lyric was worth a hundred grand. I stand in the face of hatred, letting off mad shots, making devils run naked. Tons of guns. Tons of guns, everybody's getting strapped. Tons of guns, gotta watch the way you act. Tons of guns, real easy to get. Tons of guns bringing nothing but death. Tons of guns, but I don't glorify. Cause more guns will come and much more will die. Why? Yo, I don't know, black. Some motherfuckers just be living like that. They like to feel a chrome in their hands. The makes them feel like little big man. 12 years old catching wreck. Cause there ain't no supervision putting kids in check. People get wounded, others they perish. And what about the mother and the child she cherished? The city's wild, upsteps the wild child. Tension, anger, living in danger. What the f you gonna do in this situation? It's like you need to have still just to feel relaxation. Tons of guns. 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 That was Gangstar Brooklyn in the house. Brooklyn duo from early 90s with tons of guns and uh, I think that was pretty self-explanatory <laughs> how they felt about all the tons of guns and what the tons of guns are doing yes and it was also one of those uh, and now for some something completely different kind of transitions from the Tom Lopez uh-huh. uh, sort of experimental piece uh-huh. America will shoot itself mm. which I, I did enjoy that piece yeah if if, if one does enjoy contemporary uh, concert music. Well, I think we both do. So. <laughs> Hopefully, some of you will too. Uh, and, and and so yeah. So you know, one of the things that um, we're thinking about here is mm-hmm. is you know a lot of different genres, different approaches mm-hmm. in terms of the subject. And yeah. some things are right straight on about talking about violence, and some things are telling stories yeah. uh, and uh, exploring different aspects of this issue yeah. and it's a big issue um but i you know music has the capability of of capturing a lot of different sides of this and mm-hmm. and hopefully eliciting some emotion which can lead to action yes 
Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. I, I, it's so far, just in this show, the one song that we heard from the young kid about telling the story from the vantage point of someone who's already dead, I thought that was immensely powerful. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. It's a, and it's a way of telling the story I haven't heard before. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty cool. And I came across, mm-hmm. you know, some songs we're not including today. Maybe we'll get to some, mm-hmm. some later. But there's, you know, there's a, a mm-hmm. there's a song from the perspective of a gun. There's a song from the perspective of a bullet. Uh-huh. You know, there, there's a lot uh-huh. of different, very different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing uh, we thought we might include today is a song by Kathy Winter, who I met through the People's Music Network a while back uh, uh, up in the Albany area. Mm-hmm. And her song, Strong Hearts, which ironically actually comes from the exact same year as the hip-hop thing we just heard from oh. Gangstar from 1992. Um, I was noticing that and thinking, well, they're pretty different, but you know, lots of different music can be created at the same time, of course. Yes. But this is an interesting song that I think kind of explores the combination of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. with guns mm-hmm. and uh, in an effective way. And some of the stories, if, if you were aware and listening to the news in 1992 you may recognize like the, the there was a lesbian couple that was shot on the Appalachian Trail mm-hmm. and I believe the first verse is the one that deals with that uh-huh. story okay. so some of these are things that were you know right in the headlines right, right around yeah. that time mm-hmm. so here's uh, Kathy Winter with Strong Hearts On a quiet island beach beneath the Caribbean sun on vacation, precious time that is hard won. And what man traced their footprints in the fine grained ocean sand? They drew a cloak of violence over sweet vacation plans. Now the house is empty, the phone will ring again. The city mourns and walks the streets where gentle hands had been. Where do
against nature, just a quirk in one man's brain. An isolated case that will not raise its head again. When it was lynchings in the South, well, we called it by its name. Racist violence, flaming victims, and a culture clearly blamed. In the papers we are missing, too often never found. The numbers, they just multiply and fear it circles round. We are women of strong hearts, we fight to hold our rightful place. We call these wrongs a system with a structure you can trace. In the history that they teach us and the laws they will not pass. In the laughter and derision when we raise our voice at last. In the courts and in the streets, we'll raise the voices high. And each death will be mourned, exposing every lie. Where do they learn it's manly to shoulder guns to fight? To prove their strength and power by cutting On an Appalachian trail where pine trees filter out the light Last day before exams and the classrooms all are full In the courts and in the streets we'll raise the voices high Raise the voices city away You tore down the walls and opened up all the gates You You ruined this town You burned all of the bridges and you slowly let us drown You're not gonna knock us down We'll get back up again You may have heard us But I promise we'll be stronger And we're not gonna let you in We're putting up a fight You may have brought the dark But together we will shine the light And whoa We will be something special Whoa We're gonna shine We Gonna stand tall Gonna raise up our voices So we'll never ever fall We're done With all your little games We're tired of hearing that we're too young To ever make a change 
Cause you're not gonna knock us down We'll get back up again You may have hurt us But I promise we'll be stronger And we're not gonna let you in We're putting up a fight You may have brought the dark But together we will shine a light Whoa And roar. If we all come together, it will be alright. Stand up for one another and we'll never give up the fight. You're not gonna knock us down, we'll get back up again. You may have hurt us, but I promise we'll be stronger and we're not gonna let you in. We're putting up a fight. You may have brought the dark, but together we will shine a light. You're not gonna knock us down, we'll get back up again. You may have hurt us, but I promise we'll be stronger and we're not gonna let you in. We're putting up a fight. You may the dark but together we will shine the light and whoa we will be something special whoa, whoa. all right that final song was shine And that was also from this uh, CD that we've been talking about, Raise Your Voice, The Sound of Student Protest. And that was written and performed by uh, Andrea Pena, 15 years old, did the music. And the lyrics were by Sawyer Garrity, 16 years old. And they were both survivors of the Parkland shooting. And I believe that that song was the sort of impetus for this whole project because they they did that song on CNN at a town hall and we played that live version in an earlier episode. Um, But then they were invited to do a studio recording and then I think they solicited the songs from, you know, all over the country from other other students. So I am just bowled bowled over by them. It's just amazing and inspiring, you know, and sounds so good. (laughs) It does sound good. It's a great song too. We played it last year. Uh, at um, the um, concert against gun violence that we did right. at my uh, church, that was that was our, like uh, the theme song, that right? Was the For theme all song, over the yeah, place. yeah. I think every one of the sites who did a concert last year played that song. Yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah, and that's a cool thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. like that that's grown to have concerts happening in September all over mm-hmm. the country um, that are related to yes. gun violence. It, it is pretty. Ama- I think there's they're off this year. There's no oh, habit. is that right? There's not one this year. Now that I've just touted it. <laughs> but it is, it's still great. I think they're reorganizing so they can come back and do it uh, even better. And um, mm-hmm. reading an article with, uh, I think, Bob Lesfetz, who uh, mm. does a podcast on music, and he's talking about doing a big concert. Mm-hmm. That, uh, uh, at least he's talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yes, let's uh, see what all of you out there can do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it, and I think it it sort of speaks to what this whole podcast is about mm-hmm. too that it feels like more people are recognizing again mm-hmm. the power that music has yeah. to affect, you know, social issues and and political issues and um and to respond to the things that are happening because, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that these concerts are being organized mm-hmm. and that people are writing these songs, making these CDs and and then some people are doing podcasts about yes, it, like yes, us. Like us, exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, and I want so um, all those organizations that Pete had talked about earlier. We're going to post them on our um, website somewhere, so mm-hmm. you can find them uh, on our links page. And we might even do a link to this rise. Raise your voice. Can we do yeah. that? Yeah, side? I think we can do that, and yeah. we can also do it on our Facebook page, yeah. and yeah, yeah, so people can find out about that stuff. And I just wanted to give a little shout out to Ben Blacks, Blacks, and uh, Dylan. Um, more who helped us with the uh, editing on the interview. You've been listening to Music for the, the New Revolution. Revolution. Music for the New Revolution is recorded at Melody Vision Studios in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. For more information about Music for the New Revolution, check out our website at musicforthenewrevolution.com. Like us on Facebook, follow our Twitter feed, and also our Spotify playlist. And you can support us on Patreon patreon.com slash music for the new revolution thanks for listening the revolution will not be televised the revolution will not be brought to you by xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions the revolution will not show you pictures of nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by john mitchell